let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy and goodness and love to us. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to study your word. We ask you that you'll grant unto us wisdom and understanding, and may the concepts that we share be in accordance with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, The Purpose of the Church. The Purpose of the Church. Our passage for this study, we're going to be largely in the book of the Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, Ephesians four, eleven and 12 says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay. This is a fairly well-known passage, at least by church members, but I think that um, it's not as well-known as it should be, and I bet you most people don't realize that the sentence isn't complete yet. The entire sentence that starts in verse 11 doesn't finish until verse 16, but we're going to read, we're going to read verse 7, because we want to know who the he is. It says, Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And then verse 10 says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So he is speaking about Christ. If you read from verse 1, You'll see that every member of the Godhead is spoken of in this passage, and but we end up on Christ for a while. So let's read from verse 11 all the way to 16 and then kind of discuss it. Verse 11, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive." But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, 
from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, this was a mouthful and a half. The purpose of this of this part of the book of Ephesians is explaining the unity of the body of Christ. And in explaining that, Paul also highlights the function of the body of Christ. Now, Christ gave us the Great Commission before he left. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Okay? So the purpose of the church is ministry. That is its primary focus. There are other things that the church does, and there are things the church members should do, but the function, the ultimate function of the church itself is evangelism, right? Its purpose is to recruit new souls for Christ and encourage and strengthen existing souls in Christ. Because if you only have intake, if you bring new people in, but you don't take care of the people you have, then those new people soon die on the vine because they're brought in, but then they're not nourished, etc. So the church's function is ultimately evangelism. Individual church members may have a specific mission and focus as well, and their focus and mission can be broader than the church collective's mission and focus. Okay, we, we get that confused a lot of times. We sometimes want the church collective to behave like members individually, or we want the church collective to be involved in all things that, that individual members could be involved in. And that's, that is a mistake. Okay, the church collective as an organized body, func- organized functional body, that mission is spiritual primarily. Members of the church should take care of broader issues, both in the spiritual realm, physical realm, um, material needs, etc., and so on. Okay? As a focus. The church is designed to equip the members for righteousness' sake. And of course, as you're training the members to do their duty before God, that duty is going to involve care of their fellow man. But again, to highlight, that is the mission of the member, not the body. And it's an important distinction because too often the members do nothing or little and encourage the body to do things as though the body is going to be able to do things without any help. So let's go through these verses to explain more or to see how it's outlined very clearly. In verse 11, he, Christ, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Right? Everyone, we don't have an apostle in every church, congregation is what I mean. We don't have prophets showing up every single place, not in Bible times and not post. Um, even evangelists, 
Okay, we see pastors and teachers in places. And what is their purpose? What is the reason why he gave these things? For the perfecting of the saints, for strengthening the spirituality of individual members, for the work of the ministry. They're strengthening the individual members so that ministry can be done, so that sharing and personal testimony and and the gathering in of souls and the outreach, all of those things are necessary and they are essential even. And not only are they essential, but they have to be done by people who are equipped, okay, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So Christ's body is edified through spiritual interaction, spiritual growth. So what is this supposed to lead to, right? This is the objective, but then what's the ultimate result, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they perfect the saints, they assist, aid, and and um, encourage in the work of the ministry, they edify the body of Christ. And what's the long-term goal? Till we all come in the unity of the faith, right? So this means the doctrinal issues get straightened out over time so that there is a consistency of understanding of the word of God. We come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, right? Doctrine and practice unto a perfect man. Now, the Bible uses the term perfect in a number of ways. In this specific way, perfection means completion, and we will see that in the rest of it, a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So perfection doesn't mean you won't make any kind of human mistakes, but it does speak, perfection does speak towards spiritual um, purity, right? It doesn't mean constantly falling. Yes, there are promises that if we fall, God can forgive us and restore us. But the goal, the ultimate goal of getting apostles and pastors and prophets and evangelists is that there will be strength in spirituality. We, we rely on a humanity a, whole, a great deal. We're like, ah, I'm just human. Ah, I'm not perfect. Ah. Right? And we just accept that. And yet the Bible is here telling us no, no, no. God put these things together to bring us to the place where there is a unity of the brethren in faith and practice, in the knowledge of God, what God, who God is and what he does, until we grow into this ripeness, this perfection of, of spirituality. Okay? And, and coming Growing into spiritual maturity is not about you or me saying, hey, I'm perfect. Hey, I got this. Hey, we're good. That's not what it is. But it's like the life of Daniel, the life of Enoch, the life of Joseph. When you look at these people, look at the situation with Daniel, where Daniel is thrown in the lion's den because he won't violate God's law and worship or pray before anybody else. And what does he say at the end of that? When when King Darius comes out and says, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? And he says, oh, yes, 
my God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And he's delivered me because he knows I was innocent. Right? Basically, he's saying, I didn't do anything wrong in, the, in this situation. Okay? But Daniel's not running around saying, I, Daniel, I'm perfect. I'm, that's not how he's living his life. But he knows whether or not he's doing stuff that's wrong. He, he knows whether or not he's living in accordance with God's will. He knows when he is making mistakes and he prays for those. But he knows that in the matter of Daniel chapter 6, that he hadn't done anything. And, and the people that were, that were trying to undermine him, that were digging dirt for him, also didn't find anything. That's why they went to this spiritual attack. Because in his daily business, they found nothing that they could latch onto. Okay? That's achievable in this life. What Daniel experienced is what we can all experience. Because that's the entire purpose of the church. The church is where we learn what the standards of, of Christian living are, and we learn the power by which those standards are met. Sometimes we learn only about the standards, but we don't learn about the power in God. And we don't understand, and then it becomes this whole working and laboring to make it happen. Whereas the standard is there, and then the power is, is shown to us, and we surrender to God to get the power to live according to the standard, right? And it's God's standard, not anybody else's standard, just so we're clear on that. So, learn about the knowledge of the Son of God, we're in verse 13, unto the perfect man, fully mature, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So remember, Christ came in his humanity, and he lived a human life. And he lived that life without failure. And the power by which he lived that life is available to us. Now granted, we have already failed in the past. But we can, by faith, obtain that power. And moving forward, we can live like Christ did. Will there be mistakes along the way? More than likely. But the trajectory should be ever upward. Because we're promised here, till we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're promised ripeness here. We're promised full maturity here. And then what's going to come with this full maturity? Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children... Right? Paul speaks about this later. When I was a child, I spake as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. There's a maturity process that we're going through here. We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. That's what verse 13 is talking about. Coming to a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We will understand what we are meant to understand in this life properly fully. We won't be swayed easily. We won't be deceived. We won't be faltering and flopping about. We are going, if the church does what it's supposed to do, if the church members surrender themselves to God the way they're supposed to, then this all happens the way God has ordained for it to happen. He sends apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to move us forward in this direction and to continue to expand the church's influence 
in the place where it operates so that more people come in who are also being perfected. Okay, so we're not going to be tossed to and fro, not going to be carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men, cunning craftiness that people are deliberately lying in wait to deceive or are just in error and charismatic and sharing their error. It doesn't matter whether it's malicious on their part or accidental on their part. We won't be deceived. We won't be tricked. We won't be tumbling back and forth because we will be, we will have Christian maturity, maturity of understanding, maturity of practice. Okay. But speaking the truth in love tied together, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, right? Total facet of life. Which is the head, even Christ. So the him that we're growing up into is Christ, who is the head of the body, right? So the church collectively is the body of Christ and Christ is the head of Christ. And so here we are as we, um, as we grow in this maturity, we will grow up into him the same way that Christ grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God, a man. That's the path that's available to us. That's the design that God has for us, not to just flop about in error eternally, but to grow in maturity. From whom the whole body, right? This is the church collective, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, verse 16 tells us the body of Christ, the church, in how it's joined together, right? Because God is the one supplying pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, based on everything that, the God, that God has put together in the body of Christ, where, where everything is fitly joined together. And every joint supplies something, just like a human body does, physical body does. This whole working together is going to strengthen the overall body, right? If the body follows the rules of its existence and exercises well and eats properly and gets fresh air and rest, that body is going to strengthen itself, edifying itself in love. So, similarly, if the body of Christ uses the resources that God has given it, operating together under the guidance of the head of the body, who is Christ, then the church body will ultimately grow stronger and more mature and more capable of the mission for which it is put upon this earth. Okay? And then in verses 17 onward, Paul explains it he stops using the body metaphor that he was using and he starts explaining it to the individuals. Verse 17 says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life 
of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, he goes on to say. So now, right, he spoke about what the church does collectively, how everything is going to work together. And then he says, because of everything I just shared, what you guys need to understand individually is that you can't behave like the Gentiles that other Gentiles do. You guys are Gentiles who are now Christians, right? You came from a Gentile background, not a Jewish background, but you're now Christians. You can't behave as regular Gentiles. You can't just behave as people out there because these are the problems that those people have because they have separated themselves or not accepted the gospel, right? They've separated themselves from God and therefore they don't, they don't have anything to base their life on. Verse 20 says, but ye have not so learned Christ. You guys learned Christ. You know about who Jesus is and what he does. And so you have to put off the old and take up the new. Okay. The church, the purpose of the church is to teach the church members how they ought to behave in Christ, to teach the church members that God gives us power to behave like him, to equip the church members to effectively witness and minister, not only as part of the body, where you're right, organized evangelistic efforts, but as individuals, personal ministry efforts, right? That's what the body of Christ teaches. In the same way that an army, right? Because that is a metaphor for the church as well. In the same way that an army trains soldiers in combat, understanding, of course, that they will need to do combat as groups. Combat is a lot more effective. They're not just trying to churn out mercenaries. Combat is effective in groups. So what when you join the military, that, that um, entity is teaching the individual soldier or the individual person how to become a soldier, the importance of, of being a soldier, how to work with others, how to um, ob- obtain military objectives and they're training them both as individuals and as a collective for the purpose of making a stronger military that's the whole point likewise the body of christ is to train individual members to live in accordance with christ's will to understand Christ's will, to understand the scriptures, to understand the doctrines that the scriptures teach us, and to help them in expanding the work of the church to others, friends, relatives, neighbors, right? The church is going to do organized evangelism, but it's also training members to do their own localized evangelism on their jobs, at their work, at their, um, in their, around their homes, in places of business and commerce, wherever they go, they should be alert to the opportunity to witness to someone. The purpose of the church is evangelistic and it is to expand the gospel and distribute the gospel and strengthen the people that come into the church, right? It is evangelistic because it needs to bring people in, but when those people come in, it needs to strengthen them and ensure that they're all on the same page, ultimately. That is the purpose of the church. And because once you understand the purpose of the church, then you see how the Great Commission 
is going to be fulfilled. Okay. Our verses again. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to, to go and look at this and study this. We pray that you'll help us understand what the purpose of the church is and how the church members are to function both within that system in a grand way as well as individual individually as well as individually when we are interacting with friends neighbors etc please bless us help us to um, submit ourselves to you surrender to you and obtain the power that you desire to give us that we may be successful and mature in our christian experience please bless us we pray in jesus name amen thanks again for listening to this podcast you can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom Podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.